This is Cashology by FMBO, a podcast devoted to the art and science of managing your money. It's like school, but your only homework is living your best financial life. Class is now in session. All right, listeners, raise your hands if you feel totally ready for retirement. I want it noted that my hands are not raised. Uh, Actually, only 58% of Americans are actively planning for retirement right now. And I have to tell you, I have big dreams for retirement. I think it'd be great to be in my 60s and retired in Paris, and I want to know how to get there. Welcome to the Cashology Podcast, hosted by your guide on the path to financial savvy and retirement savvy, me, Julie Wyans. Today we have with us someone who I'm very excited for us to tell us about retirement, Barbara Rizvi. She's been with the bank FMBO for five years and is currently Director of Financial Planning and has been a certified financial planner for over 10 years. Today, Barbara is going to help us all plan for our dream retirement. Hi, Barbara. Hi, how are you? Great. I'm excited to talk about what I need to do to get to Paris because I think it's going to be a long road. (laughs) Well, I think to start with is see, um, have a good understanding of how you're already saving now and what your expenses are going to look like in retirement. So for example, if you feel like you're already saving quite a bit now, let's say 10 or 15% of your paycheck, you're probably going to be okay. But if you're not, um, you probably need to ask yourself, what more can you do? So when you're looking at what your expenses might look like in retirement, the best place is to start with what you know now, which is having a good understanding of where you spend your money now and how much you're spending. And you'd be surprised how many people don't really know the answer to that. So look at your expenses the last few months, and that'll give you an idea of what you're spending now. But don't leave out the fun things. A lot of people will look at it and just use their utility bills and their gas and their car insurance, but they forget they also go shopping, they go out to dinner, they travel, they buy gifts for friends and family. So keep all your expenses in mind and be honest with yourself on what you're actually spending. The next thing is, as you get closer to retirement, this will be easier to do, but then how might those things change in retirement? So if you're close to retirement, you have a good idea of what you're doing now. But the question is, when I'm retired, will I spend more or less? A lot of times you'll hear them say in the media, oh, plan on spending about 75 to 85% of your take-home pay in retirement. But that's not necessarily true for everyone. We see a lot of clients who their first 10 years of retirement maybe spend more. Now they have time to travel more, they go out to eat more, they meet friends for lunch more often. So their expenses sometimes actually go up, not down. But then later in retirement, as we all age, we all slow down a bit. They might travel less, they might eat out less, and their expenses will likely go down a little bit. But the first 10 years or so of retirement, a lot of people actually spend more or at least the same amount as what they're spending while they're working. So I would say the first thing is know what you're spending now and have an idea of how that might change in retirement. And you can phase that over 10-year periods in retirement. That's really interesting. I hadn't considered the fact that it I'd probably be spending more because I have more free time during retirement. I mean, it's a really good point to factor in, at least in those few years, because travel is definitely on my list, like I just talked about. <laughs> uh, I'm really interested, though. Uh, obviously, we all want to have a savings plan, but... Uh, how early should we start saving? And then with that, 
how should I be saving? I mean, is a 401k sufficient or is there more that I should have? Sure. That's a great question. And obviously the best answer as far as when to start saving is definitely with your first job. If you start taking that money out of your very first paycheck, you're accustomed to not having it and not spending it, which is a good thing. It's very hard to take money away from yourself later that you're used to having. Basically, most of us live within our means. So if you're giving yourself more money to spend now by not saving for retirement, it's going to be harder when you start taking that away. So the first thing you should do is, is start with your very first paycheck. If that's too late and that's already happened, then start with your next paycheck. The sooner you start, the better. And that's because the earlier you put it in, the more years it has to grow. And all that growth compounds upon itself and leads to a much greater balance for your retirement. But before you invest, you need to ask yourself some questions. Do you already have an adequate emergency fund? Because one of the greatest things that can sidetrack you in retirement um, or any point in your life, to be honest with you, is not having an emergency fund for when those unexpected things happen. And maybe that's you need a new car well before you thought you would, or you have an unexpected medical expense. You never know what life's going to throw your way. So you always want to have, I like to say about six months of savings, of living expenses saved up. That should be enough to handle um, a furnace repair or a temporary job loss or things like that. So while the, the word on the street is you usually have three to six months, I'm a lot more comfortable when people have six months um, saved up. We actually did our first podcast about emergency savings. So if any listeners are interested in learning more about that, go listen to episode one of the Cashology podcast. So then the next thing you have to ask yourself is after you've kind of built up your emergency fund and you have money to save, what is your goal for those savings? Are they retirement or are they more near future? If they're for something more near future, for example, you know in the next couple of years you're going to need to buy a new car or you're going to be putting a down payment on a home, then you don't want that money in the stock market. So for that money that you're going to need in the next two to three years, don't put that in the stock market. Put that in your savings account or a CD. We know those aren't paying much interest, if any, at all right now, but that's the only way you can make sure you're not going to lose that money and have it gone when you actually need it in the next couple of years. The stock market is does give you really good long-term growth potential, but on the short term, you can hit some hiccups and you don't want that with the money you're going to need in the next two to three years. If this is long-term money and you don't need it for the next several years, then putting it into investment accounts can be a really good thing. That's when you kind of start to think, what should I be doing with it? So the general rule of thumb there is if you have money or have access to retirement account through your employer, and whether that's a 401k or a 403b, anything that you have through your employer, if your employer gives you any sort of matching to your contribution, you want to take advantage of that first. So you will contribute the minimum amount necessary to get the full employer match. For example, if you put in 3% and your employer matches 100% up to 3%, you just gave yourself a 3% raise for your retirement. So you never want to forego employer matching. The next thing you're going to want to look at is the healthcare accounts. If you have an HSA, so a health savings account, you will want to contribute to that next. The reason for that is contributing to an HSA account, those contributions are the only money that you will earn in your life that will be truly tax-free. 
you put any money that you put into the HSA goes in pre-tax, it grows tax-free, and when you take it out for qualified medical expenses, it comes out tax-free. There's no other dollar you will ever earn and save that will be truly tax-free except for an HSA. So after contributing to the employer match amount in your retirement account, the next thing if you have an HSA, this next step would be to do that. Putting it in there is great, but if you don't have it grow to take advantage of that tax-free growth, then you don't gain the advantage of that. So typically what we would recommend there is keep as much as your annual deductible is. So maybe your annual deductible on your healthcare plan is $2,500. Don't invest that because if you ever need it, you want to make sure that that is there. But once you've saved more than the $2,500, then you can start investing it. And if you're young, I would go ahead and invest that, you know, in something that's going to grow a lot. So typically more stocks. If you're closer to retirement, you're going to want to be a little bit more conservative so that you don't run the risk of losing it before you need it. But you have all the same investment options as an HSA that you typically do in a retirement account. So you can take as much risk or as little risk as you want with that. But keeping that cash balance equivalent to one or two years of deductible and investing the remaining balance in accordance with your risk tolerance will allow you to grow that and take as much advantage of that tax-free benefit as you can. The next thing you want to consider is what's my tax rate now versus what is it going to be when I retire? So if you're young and maybe in your 20s or 30s and your tax bracket right now is relatively low to what you expect it to be as you grow closer to retirement, contributing to a Roth might make more sense than to a traditional 401k. So if your employer offers a Roth account, you would want to do the Roth component. Um, Or if you're eligible for a Roth IRA, depending on your income, you would want to put money in that. However, if you're later in life and you're in the highest tax bracket you've ever been in in your life and higher than you expect it to be when you're in retirement, it makes more sense to put that in a traditional pre-tax IRA contribution. So a traditional 401k contribution or traditional IRA. Then if you still have money left after maximizing those, the next best place to put that money is in a just a traditional brokerage account. So that's if you were to um, open up a brokerage account at any of the many brokers that are out there, or if you have somebody helping you manage your money. It's what's called a taxable account. And the reason for that is that that money goes in after tax. So it's just extra savings you have left over after you've saved in all these other areas and you've paid your bills. So you've already paid taxes on it, but now you're investing it. When you take that out later in retirement, that will be more tax efficient than what you've put into a traditional 401k. And I know this gets a little complicated, but the general gist of it is whatever you put into your traditional 401k now, you're not paying taxes on it. But when you're retired and you take it out, every dollar you take out, you're going to have to pay income taxes on, just like it was a paycheck almost. Whereas if it's in a Roth, you don't pay any taxes when you take it out, nor with an HSA. And then on these taxable accounts I'm talking about, kind of the brokerage account, when you take money out of that, it's at a lower tax bracket. And that's because it's counted as capital gains. And for those of you who don't know, capital gains tax rates right now, according to current tax law, are much less than income tax gains. So it it gets a little complicated and it gets a little messy. 
Um, so working with a financial planner is a good way to kind of help you sort through all of that. I appreciate Barbara that you really took into account that everyone's in a different stage of life and has a different risk appetite. So there's definitely uh, different routes you can go down to saving for retirement and it all depends on your personal preferences. So I'm wondering, Barbara, I I have a long road to retirement and I'm wondering what kind of hurdles do I have in my future? I think the the biggest hurdles that um, people earlier in their working careers will run across um, are unexpected expenses. So that's where that emergency reserve that we talked about comes into play and why that's so important. You don't want to get sidetracked because life happens. Um, Like we said, it can be something like needing a new car before you thought you would, but it also could be something more significant like um, a health expense that you weren't planning on. Um, So keeping those items in mind. Um, Another hurdle that people don't expect, but that happens is, is a job loss. And again, that emergency fund can help carry you through that so that you don't go into debt or rack up credit cards um, or find yourself financially strapped because of a short-term job loss. As you get a little bit older, what side rails people, and this is really um, an important one for people with children to think about, we always want what's best for our children. The problem is sometimes what's best for them isn't necessarily what's best for our retirement. So we really encourage people to avoid side railing their retirement to pay for an extravagant wedding or to pay for an expensive college tuition. You can take out loans or your child can always take out loans to pay for those things, but you can't take out a loan to fund your retirement. So be careful. We all want to do what's best and you should do what you can, but not at the jeopardy of your own retirement. One other thing that I think that people tend to do, and this is just a part of our culture, we're a very consumer-driven culture. So if you feel like you can't find money to save, it's probably because you're spending too much. Um, And so really taking a look at, do I really need the newest phone, cell phone that just came out? Or do I really need that new big screen TV? Um, really ask yourself on some of those bigger purchases that tend to to eat away at our savings, is that something I really need or just something I want? And if you're not saving enough for retirement, I recommend you really look at your expenses and making sure that you're not buying too big of a house or too many um, gadgets or replacing them just because the newest and greatest is out. But really kind of look at yourself and where you can um, step back and save a little bit more money. Barbara, you've given me a lot to consider about my road to retirement and what I need to do in order to prepare uh, well enough to have the lifestyle that I want once I get to that point. So I really appreciate you being our guest today. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. And if anyone who's listening wants to learn more about savings, go to fmbo.com. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and keep an eye out for more Cashology episodes coming your way soon. This podcast was recorded on October 19th, 2020. It should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part without permission. The information contained in this podcast was obtained from sources considered to be reliable as of the day of this recording. However, it is subject to change without notice. Neither First National Bank of Omaha nor any of its affiliates make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any statements or information contained in this recording and expressly disclaims any liability arising therefrom. 
Neither First National Bank of Omaha nor any of its affiliates are providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, tax, or fiduciary advice or recommendations in this podcast. The information and statements contained in this recording should not be relied upon for any transaction. Neither First National Bank of Omaha nor any of its affiliates make any representation or warranty, express or implied, as to the accuracy or completeness of any statements or information contained in this reporting, and any liability arising, therefore, is expressly disclaimed. Investment products are not FDIC insured, not a deposit or other obligation of the bank, not insured by any federal government agency, not guaranteed by the bank, may lose value. For First National Bank of Omaha, deposit products are offered by First National Bank of Omaha, member FDIC. The Cashology Podcast, copyright 2020, First National Bank of Omaha.